1: Welcome to episode 464, where I sat down with creator screenwriter George Olson, who's best known for sci fi's surreal estate. In this interview, we talked about getting his career started winning competitions as a writer in Colorado, his background as a copywriter and ad executive, how he actually pitched an idea that led to developing a project with Barry Sonnenfeld and John Totoro, the differences in writing for television versus film. Researching the paranormal for this new series, and more really specific advice about getting noticed outside of Los Angeles, and what it means to create human stories behind a haunting. This interview will also be available on the Creative Screenwriting website.
0: You know, it's funny because uh, when I saw that uh, I'd, I'd be speaking to you, it was kind of coming full circle because I, um, when I was, uh, I spent most of my career in advertising and um when um i uh i'd always wanted to write for movies and television and i uh it's at one point in my career but i, I live in colorado where not exactly the screenwriting mecca of uh of of north america and um i started uh doing um reading a million scripts and um, a million screenplays and um, just started writing. um, uh, I I just always loved movies and I thought that writing them would be enormous fun. And I was a copywriter in advertising, copywriter, and then creative director. And um, I just started writing bad screenplays, which is... (laughs) As you know, the only way to eventually write good screenplays. but um, I um uh, read tons of books, you know, every book out there on screenwriting, um read creative screenwriting all the time. um and then I um started entering some competitions. and I won a couple of screenwriting contests, and it was like there's just enough, encouragement I, I was telling somebody the other day it's like playing golf mm-hmm. you can just hit terrible shots the whole game and then you hit one beautiful shot and you go this is a beautiful game i love this game i can play this game and it's very much that way with uh you know winning a, a, a screenwriting contest because i got to talk to some producers and um got to develop a couple of screenplays with um, Barry Sonnenfeld and uh, John Turturro. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was getting and for, for somebody in, you know, an advertising writer in Colorado, that was fairly heady stuff. So um, I had um, been writing, doing that for a while and I came up with an idea and I don't even remember which one it was, but my um, uh, represent my reps at that time said, You know, that sounds like a TV idea. Hmm. So I started um, reading a billion pilots, every pilot I could get my hands on, and started writing television and found that I loved it. Hmm. That I always got the note on screenplays that this is a little talky. Hmm. You never get that that note in television. Hmm. And it just felt to me more character-driven and more dialogue driven, and everything like that, um, as opposed to screenplays, which seemed so much more set piece oriented. And um, so I started writing TV, and um, sold a couple of pilots, sold a couple of pitches, and um, eventually decided, if not now, when. So I uh, left the comforting womb of advertising and started uh, screenwriting. Full time.
1: Anything else change about how you write characters for television? I mean, the obvious thing is they need to have a lot of stories within that character, anything else that comes to mind around that?
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you you hit it on the head. It's that sustainability of the idea and it's, 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 what does episode 100 look like? And if you can't imagine episode 100, um, then maybe it's a movie. Um, and and that's, that was the hardest thing for me was making sure that I was not trying to make a movie into a TV show, mm. because I had always you know thought of you think of a log mine and everything and you, you, you think about that. And the idea that a good television pilot, the ending is not an ending. It is a beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's it's making sure that somebody reads that last page and doesn't just go, wow, what a satisfying ending, but goes, OK, now what what happens next? What you know, where do these guys go from here? And um, and then uh, especially if you're doing something that isn't purely serialized, it's how do what's the close? You know, are there enough closed stories in this idea that? we can um uh you know that we can sustain it for two seasons, three seasons, four seasons. And um that was probably the biggest the biggest challenge. And it it still is. I mean it's still, you know, that engine that that drives a show beyond uh an
1: episode and beyond the season. So moving from copywriting to screenplays, it's not a a massive jump. I mean, as far as a lot of people have done that route, I'm on a similar route. I've always been a copywriter as well. Were you writing a lot of characters that were like sales oriented? Because I mean, you have a sci-fi show here, but the lead characters are real estate. There is some sales and marketing involved. Was that purposeful or how do you think about that?
0: I don't write a lot of things that are, that are advertising. I've I've tried a couple of times to write a uh, pilot for a series about advertising. I mean, if you, if you take out Mad Men, there've been an awful lot of really bad advertising shows Mm -hmm. and I'm just not sure that it lends itself well to, uh, Mm -hmm. to, um, advertising and, um, but uh the fun thing about surreal estate was that it takes a job that i think of as being pretty mundane and pretty straightforward and pretty pragmatic um it's it's like real estate agents kind of insert themselves into this this position of a buyer and a seller and um it 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 seemed like it was ripe for kind of parody but combining mashing that up with the mystery and the emotion and the ethereal quality of haunted houses and ghosts and the supernatural and everything. That seemed like a really fun juxtaposition. And um you know, Luke in the in the pilot, um, Luke, our uh, our lead, says um to somebody uh, a woman tells him you know i really don't believe in ghosts and he says neither do i i just work with them and that's kind of the essence of the whole show is is mashing up those worlds one which is really kind of nine to five punching the clock showing the house driving a nice car, wearing an expensive watch and, you know, being that, that real estate agent, successful real estate agent guy with these entities and emotions and, um, and, uh, gothic kinds of situations. That's been a real
1: source of fun. Was that, um, that line you just said, was that when did you first hit that line? And was that the North Star? Like, did that help you develop the tone of the show and everything else? It very much did. It it happened early in the episode.
0: Um, it's like the like um just a, a scene or two in. And um it really um did guide us, it, it did establish our tone a little bit, you know, even though we're um our our um the people at the Roman agency are uh, very uh, take take these things very seriously. They also treat them I thought it was interesting to have real estate agents treat ghosts in a house like they would treat radon gas mm-hmm. in the basement or harvest gold appliances or shag carpeting as barriers to a sale mm-hmm. And um, I have a little sign up on my wall where I write, um, uh, where I write this show and it says, um, we are a show about real estate because if we ever get rid of that that real estate or or sublimate it too much, that real estate spin, then we're the ghost whisperer or yeah. one of the other shows you know that that is that is about helping these tortured souls move on. And what's fun? What I've found really fun is that we're helping these tortured souls move on. But that's not the end. That's the means to the end. The end is the sale and the signature on the line that is dotted. And that's um, you know that's been uh, uh, really the north star of our show.
1: Did you feel a need to do research, or how do you think about the paranormal aspects? Do they need to be based on facts, or based on film, or anything like that? Oh, I, I I do a ton of research. It's a
0: great way not to write, um, and uh, but so many things um are more interesting when they're grounded in a truth, and there's so much good folklore out there. We did a um a uh, show um, uh, where they're all uh, in season one where the uh, it's kind of a bottle episode where everybody's in and there is a possessive demon that is hopping from one to the other to the other to the other and um, we call him a roadie. But as they are talking about this demon, they are looking at different demons from different cultures that are shapeshifters that do what what this one does. And so, yeah, we research those. I mean, uh, our Google is really, really heavily used in our writer's room because we're always looking something up and we want to, a, a, a lot of our demons are uh are ghosts and things are based in history and there's there's like one little fact i've always felt like if i can find one little fact that's interesting you can a lot of times build a whole story about it and so i spend a ton of time doing research and making notes and jotting down notes because you never know when you're going to find something that that takes kind of a dull story and brings it into a really exciting direction. Hmm. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that.
1: So many, uh, you know, televised or film versions of ghosts, I think of like the sixth sense, they all just wanted help basically. Right. Is it hard to balance like helping characters in one episode, but also having main characters that need to grow across a full season? How do you think about those things?
0: It. It, it really has not been terribly hard. I mean, our, um, our our writers are are very good at kind of weaving those those character moments in there. And you know, when we started with this ensemble cast, who were who've just been wonderful, um, we uh, you know, it, it was very much a function of saying, okay, what would a com- what would a company what would a real estate firm that did this who would they need? Well. You know, they'd need um, a research guy and they'd need probably somebody who was the technology guy who created the things that made it possible to communicate or even get rid of them. Um, and so it was um, going down those different uh, g- different roads. We created different characters that interacted with the the ghost of the day and um that is really kind of the formula that we have used and and it it does allow us to kind of have some fun with these characters and learn about their inner lives and everything without being just a straight procedural because mm-hmm. we're kind of sort of procedural in in you know some of the ways that we um, that we approach our stories but there's also um you know, a a really strong commitment to characters and and making um, making these people kind of come to life and uh, learning about them as they solve these problems and as they look at the um, the human stories behind a haunting.
1: I think we're almost out of time. So you mentioned um, you're in Colorado. For those writers listening that are not in L.A. or New York, uh, any other advice about getting noticed or winning contests, or is it all about the first five pages? Anything else that stands out to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, contests really worked for me. I know a lot of people do not, um, you know, uh, do not believe in them, and a lot of people don't believe in ghosts either. <laughs> but um, contests, they probably believe in even less contests worked for me. I mean, if you're in Colorado, how do you get read? How do you get a manager to, to read your stuff and say, Hey, this is really good. I had one of my first scripts was, um, a, uh, uh the first one was a biopic about Nikola Tesla that won a competition and it happened to go to be slipped to an agent who happened to represent barry sonnenfeld at that time and he knew that sonnenfeld loved tesla and was fascinated about that and we got together and developed it for a while um another contest that i won was um uh, one of my um uh, the judge was a producer who was a mentor to a manager and he passed me along to the manager and that management firm is still my management firm today. And so that worked for me. I I know it doesn't work for everyone and, and things were a little bit different. There were probably not as many contests back then, but um, you know, the, the greatest piece of advice I can give people uh, give writers is don't just have one script when you, when you have one script, put it aside, even if it's wonderful, write the second one. Always be writing, working on the next one and the next one. And because a body of work shows something to reps. They don't want somebody who's going to have one script and say, okay, sell this. They want somebody who is going to create a body of work, who has a voice that comes through in each in each uh, execution. And is is you know that's that's a professional and that's someone that people want to work with one great script is fantastic but it it's it's i don't think it's enough i think you've got to have things that show i approach this this way i approach this this way but there's this thread of quality of distinctiveness and talent that you'll get
1: on every script with me so that's why you should rep me Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's "Different Is Better" approach, and learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's "Calendar Anorexia" mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy, that's digital download and audiobook, at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. And if it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never missed an episode.